Blog Talk Radio. on allhabs.net with your host, Christy. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 159 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980, Saturday, December 19th, 2015. And well, Montreal Canadiens are currently in a slump. It's official. They have lost six out of their last seven games. So right now where they stand in uh, the standings, the Canadians have played a total of 33 games. They have a record of 20, 10, and 3. It gives them 43 points. They are three points ahead of the Boston Bruins, but the Bruins do have two games in hand of the Montreal Canadiens. And those Bruins, they're on fire right now. They're catching up. So the Winter Classic game coming up in uh, a little over 10 days might be important. Uh, for these uh, two teams. In the Eastern Conference, Canadians are second place, five points behind the Washington Capitals, and the Capitals have a five-game cushion on the Montreal Canadiens, so the Capitals right now in a hot streak as well. And then in the entire NHL, Canadians are third place. They are five points behind their opponent, for tonight, the Dallas Stars, who have 48, and at first place, like I mentioned, are the Washington Capitals. And right under the Montreal Canadiens are the Los Angeles Kings with 42 points, but the Kings do have two games in hand. If you go to sportsclubstats.com, Canadians have a 97% chance of winning, sorry, of making it to the playoffs. So it's still relatively, in the big picture, Canadians are still looking good and a 12.3% chance of winning the uh, Stanley Cup. But when it comes to the President's Trophy, it's not looking that as bright as it was earlier in the season. Canadians now have a 6.5% chance of of winning. Half 360, informative, interactive podcast. You can reach us via Twitter at Habs360, and at the same time, go ahead and vote for our poll question, which we'll be discussing later on today's episode. And the question, the poll question is simple. Who do the Habs miss the most right now? Brendan Gallagher or Carey Price? It's pretty lopsided right now, but we'll see how that evolves uh, as we go on to uh, today's episode. And, well, another any Habs topic you can uh, talk to us about? Any advice? How do we get the Canadians uh, out of this uh, scoring, or could be scoring, is uh, out of this slump 
Like I mentioned earlier, Canadians have lost six out of their last seven games. Toll free number to reach us is one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. And joining me now to help analyze, dissect, and maybe even propose solutions to solve the Canadians' uh, issues right now, editor in chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. You can follow him on social media everywhere at uh, All Habs. Rick Stevens, how are you doing? Doing great, Chris. And uh, that's me, the problem solver. I'm glad to be here to help sort out uh, this uh, this slump that the Canadians are in, as you said. So stay tuned. We'll, you'll have the answers within the next uh, 55 minutes or so in the Habs 360. Uh, Canadians started off their week against the Ottawa Senators. Will you? And there we go. We heard Montreal Canadiens score three goals. Brian Flynn is fourth, Max Pacioretty is 14th, and Jeff Petrie is fourth goal of the season as the Canadians beat the Senators 3-1 to and they snapped a four-game losing streak. And it was the first time in seven games that the Canadians managed to score three goals or more in, in regulation. And in that game, it was a game where the Canadians' best players played at their best. In the first period, the Canadians just destroyed the Ottawa Senators. They tied a franchise record by taking 27 shots on goal in one period. And even Craig Anderson, who normally has the Canadians' number, he was pulled after um, after allowing two goals against the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Then... The San Jose Sharks were in town, and let's see if the Canadians were able to extend the winning streak. He came to man, winds his way through center, gains the Sharks on to Dale Weiss and both goals! Well, that was Dale Weiss who scored his 10th goal of the season, but it wasn't enough as it was the only goal the Canadians scored that night as they went down to the Sharks 3-1. to one. Let's hear from uh, the coach in his post-game comments. You know what? Tonight we gave them three goals. They didn't have to work for those three goals. And um, that's that's the way I see it. It's really disappointing to give up three goals like that. And, Rick, we heard the coach. He was disappointed after that game. And, well, I'm not... I just want to context this that I'm not blaming him for the loss because a lot of players uh, in that game weren't at their best. Some players we're going to talk later on today's episode on defense, etc. But in goal, had Dustin Tokarski, he didn't make that big save that uh, that the team when he needed it. And even if you look at that first goal that he allowed, where he tried going from left to right, and when I saw the goal going in and I saw the way how Dustin Tokarski reacted to that goal, I thought that it's probably the first time this guy's ever played goal in his life. Well, you know, it's uh, the Sharks ended up with just 18 shots uh, in the entire game. Um, as you said, Tokarski wasn't solely to blame, but um, he's, he's, he's got to make those, those, those saves, a big save. Um, and, you know, I think that we were um, all surprised that Tokarski got a second start in a row when he started against the Senators. Um, and he did well. And, um, I mean, he wasn't fabulous, but he did well. Um, and two games, you know, um, that he played well, uh, there was a bit of a confidence boost uh, for him. And I thought, okay, uh, Michelle Therrien, Montreal Canadiens, Mission accomplished. You sent Tokarski down uh, to St. John's to get him some playing time, get him a bit of confidence. You got him in two games. He didn't um, win that Thursday night game, but he played pretty well. Um, and uh, then he got his, his win, so fine. Uh, just just leave well enough alone. But, 
you know, I, I, um, I, I was, I was shocked to see him uh, in that, in that start, uh, particularly against the Sharks. And um, I, I, I would, would hope that Michelle Terrian is second guessing himself for his decision to, to play him um, on Tuesday night. I understand the reason why he started against the San Jose Sharks because against the Ottawa Senators, um, Dustin Tokarski did make a big save, especially in the first period that it, it turned around the other side and the Canadians ended up scoring. So I think uh, there was confidence in him. Tokarski played well against the Senators and I think that's why the decision was made for him to play against the Sharks. But I don't think that was originally what the plan was. The original plan was probably let's play Condon one game and then let's go, sorry, let's play Tokarski one game, and then let's go to Condon for the rest of it. And it seemed like uh, his performance against the Senators uh, changed his mind. Uh, but like we mentioned, uh, Dustin Tokarski wasn't the only reason that the Canadians lost. He didn't help. He wasn't the reason. He didn't help the team win, but I don't think he was the only uh, person to blame in a 3-1 loss against the uh, San Jose Sharks. And then, well, a couple of nights later, the Los Angeles Kings were in town and they did something that no other team was able to do against the Montreal Canadiens, and that was shut them out. Kings with a 3 nothing win over the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, sorry, Michael Condon in goal in that game. And just to make sure to uh, close the gap on the San Jose game, Michael Condon finished uh, that game and he got to start against the uh, Los Angeles Kings. Let's hear from the coach following the game against the Kings. Well, we played another solid game tonight. You know, we, um, we 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 certainly worked really hard. Uh, we faced a really hot uh, Trenton Quick was outstanding for their team, and um, he was the story of tonight's game. And well, considering the Canadians lost three to nothing, uh, Michel Terrier seemed pretty, you know, upbeat. He wasn't didn't sound too disappointed with uh, the outcome of that game. If we look at some stats from that game, because the stats do show that the Canadians, and sorry, even the eye test would show that the Canadians uh, did have a good game against the uh, Los Angeles Kings, but just didn't manage to put the puck in the net. If you look at the scoring chances, they were tracked as 27-15 in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. And when it comes to high-danger scoring chances, they were tracked as 17-5 in favor of uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And if you look at the shots on goal count, Jonathan Quick made 45 saves to get the uh, the shutout. That's, that's Michael Condon on his end made the 17 saves on 19 shots. So that brings the Canadians to where they are now. They've lost six out of their last seven games, heading into tonight's game against the uh, Dallas Stars. And Rick, I want you to hear two sound bites, both following the game against the Los Angeles Kings. Let's hear the first one. It comes from Lars Eller. Uh, we have a team that responds well to these kind of challenges. Uh, we have a strong confidence in the room. I think I still think it shows on the ice. You know, I think we have today we had the right attitude. We we came to play. Uh, we're not getting outplayed. Most most games we we outshoot our opponent. Uh, you know, maybe we can get a little more in the inside. Maybe we, you know we we need to grind a little more to get those rebounds and uh, you know a couple of, couple of things we can do better. But uh, you know, we're we're not far away, but three four percent, it, it's enough to lose these games. You know. And now let's hear from Canadians captain Max Pacioretty. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, how many times you have to say it's the bounces and uh, don't know why. We got to figure it out though. We got to figure it out quick too. Yeah, I mean, you just said it, yeah. <laughs> no. 
We gotta win a game. We haven't won a game in a while. What, one in seven? That's we gotta figure it out. So Rick, when we heard the soundbite from Michel Therrien following the game, he seemed pretty positive. Uh, Lars Eller seemed relatively positive as well. The last clip that we heard from Max Pacioretty, he didn't seem uh, too happy. Uh, where do you stand on this? Do you think uh, it's time to panic or concern for the Montreal Canadiens? Well, it's it's interesting because, as you said, um, uh, the coach was, was pretty positive. He was pretty happy with the, the way the team had played. Um, Lars Eller went on in that, in that long clip, he went on to say, if we keep playing this way the rest of the season, we're going to win more than, than we lose, which, which I agree with. But, you know, for, for Max Pacioretty, obviously frustrated, you could uh, hear it in his voice. Um, It's about winning. It's, it's not, it's not about how you play the game necessarily. He, he, He's he's talking about being results driven, and they haven't won in a while. Uh, they're in a slump, as as uh, you said right off the top of the show. The um, you know the the one the once big lead that they had on the the rest of of the entire league, uh, never mind the the conference, is gone. They're five points behind the the Washington Capitals, and the Capitals have two games in hand. Um, you mentioned about the Bruins, uh, you know, it is the, will the winter classic be the game where the Bruins vault, uh, over the Canadians? That would be, that would be, um, a real blow psychologically to the team. Um, three, six and one in their last 10, they started out with, you know, we all know with a record at the beginning of the season, nine, zero, uh, but since there, and since then in, in 24 games, it's a, a very mediocre 11, 10, and 3. Um, you know, at 33 games in, I think we, we brought this up last week, but 33 games in now, and Carey Price still leads the team in wins for the goaltenders um, with 10 wins. Um, they're, they're in a slump. And, and yes, um, it's time to um, panic. And, and, you know, the stats look, look quite nice. The shots were 45, 20 or whatever it was against Los Angeles. Um, you cited the, the, the scoring chances, the high danger scoring chances. I think your, your number was from sport logique, which always has to be taken with a grain of salt. There, there's some homers. If you look at, if you look at just five on five scoring chances and you look at a neutral site like war on ice, the high danger scoring chances five on five were 10, eight, in in a in a game where the Canadians have so much uh, so much possession that they control the puck the the Corsi numbers were 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 dominant they were it was seventy four forty four um, and to only have a ten to eight differential in the high uh, uh, danger scoring chances that means they're not doing something and that means they're not as uh, Lars Eller said, we're not getting to the inside. We're not making it tough on the goalies. We're, we're, we're not getting in the dirty areas. Um, and I think that's, that's a problem. That's a, that's a big problem for this team right now. And uh, just a couple of some stats for the Montreal Canadiens. In the last 10 games, they've been outscored 25 to 18. So that's, 1.8 goals for, so that's not going to get you far for the Montreal Canadiens. And another stat since Carey Price got re-injured, his second injury, his second stint on injured reserve, Canadiens have a record of three, seven, and one. They've scored 17 goals. They've allowed 26. And in terms of uh, shots, they've taken 240 shots and allowed 330 shots. So. Like you mentioned, Rick, earlier, if it wasn't for that 9-0 start that the Canadians had at the beginning of the season, you take that out, the Canadians have a 500 record. So that's, I think, barely in the, in the playoffs. They would, they would need to perform a lot better to get into a, a playoff spot. But on the bright side, Canadians, they're still, they still, have, uh, they're still first place in the division. They're not in danger right now of not making the playoffs. And all this 
with their best goalie, Carey Price, injured, and one of their top six forwards, Brendan Gallagher, who who is not playing as well. He's missed uh, quite a couple of games. We'll see if he'll be back for the Winter Classic. He did practice this week with the team in the Brossard, and he hasn't ruled the Winter Classic out, so we'll see if Brendan Gallagher will be back uh, sooner than uh, than later. So the Canadians facing the Dallas Stars tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern time. The game is in Dallas. We're going to take our first break on the other side. We'll start talking about our winners and our losers of the week. And also still to come, we'll have our true or false segment. And the Canadians did some couple of changes in their lineup for ahead of tonight's game. So still plenty to come on the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 Podcast. Featured on allhabs.net. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Habs 360. All right, welcome back. Episode 159 of Habs 360. I'm Chris G. Along with uh, Rick Stevens. And well, unfortunately, it doesn't feel like summer outside. But... That's okay. We're here talking Montreal Canadiens, and that's what keeps us warm uh, during the winter time. And well, it's time for our winners and losers of the week. So let's start with uh, your nominees for the losers. Uh, looking at losers of the week, um, we would be uh, remiss if we didn't look back to um, our one of our nominees from last week. Um, as everyone knows. Um, even, even our detractors, uh, Habs 360 is absolutely the most informative. And I think we're the, the most right. We're going to have to be on this winner's list one of these weeks. Um, because if you look back, Christian Thomas was one of our losers last week. And Christian Thomas was there for um, not necessarily his play on the ice, uh, but for his um, off-ice antics uh, being caught on a video. And since then, since we nominate him, him as loser of the week, Christian Thomas was demoted to the St. John's Ice Caps. 
And then a very short period of time later, he was traded to the Arizona Coyotes for um, left winger Lucas Lesio. Um, and so I think there's, there's um, I don't know, a, a bit of influence there, wouldn't you think? Uh, for sure, for sure, there is an influence. But I think Rick, you're being modest. Let's hear your, let's hear you from uh, from last week discussing this topic. I, I just don't get it for for someone who is um, you know holding on uh, to an NHL spot. Um, there's plenty of time, plenty of time for for parting. I just don't get why. Why you do that, particularly uh, in this age where there's cell phones everywhere and video. Mm. And, well, so that was a clip from episode 158. For sure, it's, it's, we asked a question last week. It was too much of a coincidence that Bowyer and Thomas both sat out the same game against the Detroit Red Wings. And then he got sent down and then he was shipped over to, uh, to Arizona as far away from Montreal as they could get him to bring in another player. And when it comes to this topic, I, I as soon as the trade was announced, I, we did send out a tweet from Habs360 asking our followers whether or not anybody had uh, was thinking that the trade had anything to do with the video that was, that was posted. And there was a couple of people who took that tweet really bad. So they were there, they were saying like, you know, like, what are you talking about? I was even called trash, Is I quote, is what I was called from one of the followers for even suggesting it. But it's, it's, I think it's a fair question. Like, obviously, we don't know 100% sure if that's the reason why he got traded. But all the signs point that uh, that's the reason. And the, these a couple of detractors, there was uh, two or three of them, they were saying that it has nothing to do with their with what goes on off the ice. It's what happens with on the ice, and the purpose was for them to improve the team. So then I went back to those couple of people and I asked them. Uh, Zach Cassian, he got placed on waivers and sent down to the AHL. Is that because of his performance in the preseason games? He played how many three, four games in the preseason, and naturally. I never heard back from uh, from those uh, those people, and that's what always happens. But anyways, that being said, I think we did a good job here last week on uh, on Half Three Six on uh, Christian Thomas. Absolutely, and you, I mean, you're you're absolutely right in everything you just said. I don't know who was on that clip you just played, but he was he was dead on. He was exactly right. <laughs> um, but but I mean, we we have to. Habs fans have to remember, why was Christian Thomas here in the first place? Why was he on the Canadians in the first place? It's because Danny Cristo, who is a much more talented player than Christian Thomas, um, had some off-ice issues, if we remember that. And uh, that, was, that was one of the first um, um, indications that we had that, that character was very important to Mark Bergevin. And he shipped out uh, Danny Cristo for Christian Thomas. Now, when Christian Thomas uh, does the same thing, he's gone. So I, I, th- I think it's clear where character rates in um, Mark Bergevin and the organization's priority list. And I'll take it one step further, Rick. I know we'll probably spend a little more time than we should on, on this topic, but... Um... It's it's okay to be a Habs fan. It's okay to like your team. It's okay to like your players. But I think we need to be fair. If this would have happened with some other team, uh, the same Habs fans who who called me out for making that kind of statement, they would have been all over that player on that other team. So let's you know, let's be fair. There's good players and bad players on every single team, including the Montreal Canadiens, and. I'll even take it one step further. Another example, uh, Brandon Prust, he was traded away from the Montreal Canadiens during the uh, the offseason for Zach Cassian. And earlier in the season, when Cassian was placed in the program, uh, Bergevin did say that he knew they, they were aware about it when they, they acquired him. I take it one step back, garbage bag day last season, Brandon Prust was the only player that wasn't there. 
So something must have happened, something off-ice must have happened to uh, to make that trade happen. So not every not every Habs player is perfect. There's good ones and there's bad ones. No, absolutely right. And and we remember that incident with Prust where he um, went after the officials and embarrassed, um, it was said at the time, embarrassed the Canadians organization. And uh, so it's, 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 it's not a surprise. Again, the, the character issue. Um, it's important. It's important when you, you hear uh, Trevor Timmons talk, he character is very important to him. Speaking with Rick Dudley when um, on the, the ice caps uh, road trip character kept coming up. Um, it's, it's it's big with these with this uh, team that we have and and uh, they're going to act. Um, sure, there's on ice considerations, but but the character issue is very important. Um, yeah, we we could probably do a whole show on care and nothing but character, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, and and the whole Cassian thing as well. Getting back somebody else's problem, but, but sitting down and, and telling that player, Hey, here are the rules. Here's, here's what, what this, uh, the rules are by this team. And once he crossed that, you know, people at the time thought it was harsh uh, being placed into the program, but um, the substance abuse program, but um, that had, it sounds like had been spelled out very clearly to him uh, when he arrived. All right, we'll 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 move on. We'll move on. Yeah. So, so who's your um, next, uh, your next nominee? Uh, let, let's stay with with the organization because that's that's something that uh, those are things that we think we're doing right. Um, what about things we we don't think they're doing right? Uh, Michelle Terrian was was on our list last week for um, you know putting lines in the blender and and that sort of thing. Um, I just found it very odd that um, the Canadians' best defenseman. Let's let's say so we don't offend all the the the, the Subban cheerleaders. The 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 most consistent defenseman this season has been Andre Markov, and it's it's not even close. Um, as we spent a, a fair bit of time on this last week, PK Subban just hasn't been PK Subban for the first third of the, the season happened last season. It's happening this season. He'll pick it up hopefully after Christmas and, and okay. But the, the, the top pairing had, had a, a tough game, really tough game um, against the, the sharks. Um, they were, they were on for all three goals. Um, and, and if if you analyze it, it was it was PK Subban with his turnovers and whatnot uh, responsible for two of those goals. Andre Markov with a giveaway responsible for for another. Um, yet it was Andre Markov who's dropped to the third pair um, to play with Tom Gilbert. Uh, Nathan Beaulieu bumped up, and he's looked okay. He's looked okay. He's had his his moments, but. They've uh, certainly offensively, uh, Subban and Beaulieu have looked pretty good together. But Andre Markov is is underrated in this this scheme, and and I I just don't understand, um, particularly when this club is uh, the tail spinning that's going on here, that you fix, try to fix something that isn't a problem. Markov has maybe had a bad game, but he hasn't been a problem this entire season. Um, and at the same time, not offering any other solutions for the goal scoring. Um, and I don't know what's going on between Tarion and Bergevin. Is Bergevin not bringing in help for the right side? You know, his proponents would, would argue, you know, uh, Salmon, Seacatch, uh, Cassian, Devontae smith Pelly, And Tarion hasn't, hasn't warmed up to any of those guys particularly. Um, so are those two on the same page? And and I I guess I'm putting, if it's Bergevin, if it's Terrian, if it's the whole brain trust, I'm putting them on the list just for not offering uh, concrete solutions for this this slump that the Canadians find themselves in. And 
I agree with you, Rick, that it's uh, that Tarion probably for the second week in a row deserves to be an, is a nominee for losers for a loser of the week. And when it comes to the Markov, I I agree that it was quite short of a leash that he had. I think we all saw with our own eyes that Markov didn't have a good game against the San Jose Sharks. Maybe okay, put him down to the third pairing just for that one game, but then you know go back to what's been working the. Uh, the entire season, which is the pairing of uh, Markov and and uh, and Subban, and we know that you know people we change our minds sometimes week in week out. First week we like the Canadians, last week we don't. Let's hear what um, a quick sample from last week's episode and what Rick thought of the coach S- supporting the coach which you know I love to do. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> uh, the guy that pushes the buttons. I'm, yeah, you're always, uh, you have one over me here. I'm, I'm, I'm always ready to go, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your next uh, nominee? We're going to put uh, Epics on the list. Epics, for people that don't know, is the, uh, the network um, who is producing the Road to the Winter Classic. Um, the Road to the Winter Classic aired its first episode this past week. And, you know, I think we all love any any footage, uh, whether it was 24CH or we love seeing the behind the scenes stuff. We love hearing the, the, the chatter on the bench the, on, on, on the ice. Um, but that said, there are some who do it right and some who aren't as good at at it and i i have to say that i found myself missing um the hbo produced road to the to the winter classic the epics wasn't wasn't as edgy you know the on ice stuff the way the way it was filmed the way it was edited um the way it was um the audio was grabbed it wasn't as it wasn't as gritty uh as the hbo um I, I didn't like that that Epics made it into the the entire episode was the PK Subban show, um, you know, is buying designing suits and all, that. and Carrie Price for Carrie Price the whole episode I think the only mention he got was when they showed his empty stall. Um, it was I, I I don't know the narration it it just wasn't as good. There were some good parts. There was little Enzo Pacioretty uh, after a game. He had his mini stick out and he ran up to to Max. That was that was good. And the and the family skate. I actually I don't enjoy seeing uh, Zidane Chair in anything. But but that little walkthrough he had in Old Boston um, and running into the uh, fans from Nova Scotia, who I think happened to be Habs fans. That was that was that was good. But I just don't. It's not as engaging as as the HBO um, uh, produced uh, uh, Road to the Winter Classic was, in my in my opinion. Well, I agree. Like I found it okay, like nothing special. But going back to your comment, if you look at the players that were featured on uh, on that episode, were PK Subban, Brad Marchand, Max Pacioretty, and Zdeno Chara. So to me, it seemed obvious that they're, they're trying to promote that rivalry to get people pumped for that uh, January 1st uh, Winter Classic between these two teams. Uh, on the bright side, it'll be over soon. And on the bright side, 24CH will return on the January 2nd. And well, if it's anything compared to last uh, season, it'll be a great series. You know what I did like was that little segment on Gallagher. Um where you, you, we got our first shot of his hand without, you know, any any bandages on. You saw the stitches running up his two fingers. Um, and the the athletic therapist working working his hand. And he he had a a smile planted firmly on his face, but you could you could see in his eyes the pain must have been excruciating. Um, I thought that was. You know, as as tough as that was, I thought it was uh, it was they captured that well. Yeah, sure, because we we didn't have much news either from Brendan Gallagher, and that gave Habs fans quite the update on his status. So why don't we go ahead, Rick, and you tell us who is the winner for this week? 
Well, sorry. our loser, uh, yeah, our loser, our winner of the <laughs> losers. Uh, our loser of the week is a um, uh, French language activist group called ASULF, um, and they stepped into the language controversy and and dragged uh, our dear friend PK Subban in with them. And they're very upset that broadcasters and analysts are calling him PK. Uh, they would rather that uh, the, the French pronunciation of those two letters be used. Um, they also, <laughs> which was a little bizarre, they were also complaining about the use of the word tailgate in football coverage. Um, and they referenced... Um, you know, uh, Danny Briere and and uh, um, Pierre Parenteau and and uh, th- those kind of things. Is it, it was just it was kind of bizarre. It, particularly, it's bizarre. Particularly when you hear um, Mark Bergevin calls the coach Mike. He calls him Mike when they talk. He calls him Mike. Uh, Danny Briere calls himself Danny, not Daniel. Um, you hear the guys, they, they, they call Davey, Darren is called Davey, um, Charles Houdon is called Ch- uh, Charlie. Um, just, just step out of this. I, I don't, we don't, we don't talk about politics on all Habs, but, uh, just leave hockey alone. And, and, you know, uh, PK had, I think he had the right idea in the way he responded to, uh, the whole controversy. I heard about this. It sounds kind of sexy, actually. I kind of like it. So I'd say c'est très bien, but my name is PK, but they want to call me Piki or Pekah. I've heard Pekah before. When you start calling yourself, they don't want Andre Dawson was already put an accent on you on a D when he was. Uh, well, since we're since we're changing like the pronunci- <laughs> the pronunciation of my names and stuff, just start calling me Denzel. Why not? <laughs> Can we throw that one in there too? <laughs> So definitely a good sport, uh, P.K. Subban on that, and I think that's a very excellent decision to be our loser of the week. We're going too much details when it's somebody's name, we should be messed with. If it was an object, fine, I would would understand that. So we're going to take a break. On the other side, we'll tell you who our winners of the week are. We'll go through your tweets and we'll do our true or false segment. This is the Habs 360 podcast featuring all Habs.net. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. 
This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back. Chris G. along with uh, Rick Stevens, and that song is dedicated to uh, Christian Thomas, who was up all night to get lucky. Uh, so we spoke about our losers of uh, the week. Rick, tell us who are your nominees for the winners. Winners, um, you know who you know who doesn't get much love, um, other than from Carey Price, oddly enough, is Alexei Amelin. Um, he's he's one of those guys that that uh, Habs fans love to jump on, uh, deserved or not. Um, he, you know, for whatever reason, um, they 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 want to see him dropped um, from that second pairing or or traded from the team. Um, but he, he and Petrie make a pretty effective, uh, second pairing combo. Um, and it, you know, as we saw with, with Markov getting dropped down, even Terrian didn't want to mess with it. He dropped, uh, Markov all the way to the third pairing. Um, he's had a couple of monster games, um, against the, the senators. He had, uh, five block shots. He had eight hits, including that that hit on on Carlson, which was you don't see Carlson get hit that often, and it was a devastating hit. And while people say, "Oh, you know what? We can replace Emelin with Patterson. We can replace Emelin with with Tenorti, both of whom are are physical players, and I give them full credit for being physical. Nobody." Nobody on the Canadians hits like Alexei Emelin. Nobody strikes fear into um, opposing uh, forwards coming down than Alexei Emelin. They keep their head up. They figure out where is that guy on the ice as they're coming into the zone. And um, we're going to show him some love this week by putting him on our winner's list. Yeah, he did have a great game against the uh, the Senators. Who's your, your next nominee, Rick? We're going to stick with that same game. Um, probably uh, a moment that that uh, the the most iconic moment in that game, the the moment we're going to re- remember most, is Thomas Plakanitz, um, who uh, came out of the penalty box. Um, two, uh, the Canadians were down by two men at that point. Uh, both Plakanitz and Pacioretty were in the box. Uh, two of the best penalty killers. Plakanitz came out of the box. Um, he broke his stick on a clear. And then just an epic penalty kill without a stick um, and received a standing ovation from the Bell Center at the end, uh, towards the end, the third period of that uh, game against the Senators to preserve the win. That was that was an outstanding effort by Thomas Buchanan. And that's another player that's underappreciated. But if you look at the Canadians uh, in terms of their leaders in points, Buchanan is first place with uh, 27 points. Even though he hasn't played, um, we're going to put Carey Price on our list uh, as as a winner of the week. Um, and that is because, um, I mean, this this award is, is, is a little bit different than the others. He's cleaned up. He cleaned up at the NHL awards uh, ceremony last June, but this was a little bit different. This is the best athlete in Canada for 2015. That is the Lou Marsh Award. Um, that I, I think that Kerry was particularly touched by this award, given that he was the first uh, goaltender to ever receive the uh, the distinction. Um, and and you know that the sports writers go out of their way to try and give it to um, an amateur athlete. Um, and I'm not disputing that. I think that's that's entirely appropriate. But it's just indicative of of what a dominating um, performance in 2015 Carey Price had uh, to be able to to win the Lou Marsh Award um, for Best Athlete in Canada. Yeah, and I think you mentioned it, like the key word, the reason why he won is dominating. He dominated the NHL uh, this, uh, in the previous year, so it's a well-deserved award for, for Carey Price. But our winner of the week, our overall winner of the week is going to go to Michael McCarron. Um, Michael McCarron was uh, just called up um, from the St. John's Ice Caps. He's 
uh, by far been the the best ice cap um, uh, this this season. Um, he's he's centering the um, uh, the first line um, on the ice caps, and he uh, this week had his uh, second um, uh, hat trick of the week, of the year. Um, in his first professional season, he now has 13 goals and 11 assists for 24 points uh, in 28 games. Um, he had the, the hat trick against Albany on Wednesday. He actually the game winner against Albany on. I think we've lost Rick. Rick, are you there? Uh, so we'll see. We'll start. We'll work on the communication with uh, with Rick to try to get him back. So Michael McCarron is the uh, the winner of the week, and I think it's a well deserved award uh, for Michael McCarron. He was the best player in um, for for the Ice Caps. But one thing I was surprised about the call up is last year the Canadians had uh, Charles Ludon, who had a very good season for them. And the Canadians resisted from calling him up. They wanted him to do the entire season before they um, before they give him a chance with a big team. So I thought they were going to use the same approach now with um, with uh, with McCarron. But this could be that it's desperate times for the Canadians. They're in a slump. They want the power play to uh, to improve. They want the scoring. Uh, to get better, and maybe it was desperate measure that they got Michael McCarron to come up with the um, with the Montreal Canadiens. And Michael McCarron in practice this morning, it looks like he'll be playing on the line with the Lars Zeller at center and Paul Byron on the uh, on the left wing. Is that a good role for Michael McCarron? I think it's okay. The first two lines of the Canadians are Max Patcher is Max Pacioretty, Placanitz, and Alex Galchenyuk on right wing. So we saw the coach trying that at the last game. And well, for the first time, the Canadians are going to begin with Alex Galchenyuk on, uh, on the right wing, try to get some scoring. They're pulling all their eggs in one basket to try to help the, uh, the offense. Second line, Fleischman with Dernier and Dale Weiss. I think that's a good uh, recipe to go back to. This line had sad success for relatively the entire season. So go back to something that's been that's been working. And the fourth line is Daniel Carr, uh, Tori Mitchell, and Brian Flynn. That's a fourth line. How much you could say about that, that Michael Condon is the expected starting goaltender. Uh on Twitter, we did ask, uh, who do you think that Michael McCarron should play with tonight? And while we got uh, quite some answers uh, via our Habs360 account, uh, Christopher Nardella, contributor on allhabs.net, he writes, down the middle with Eller and Andrew Ghetto, but the line must be deployed in more of a third-line role to ease him in a bit. Giovanni Guzzo, he wants... He wanted McCarron to play with Carr and Mitchell, so it looks more of a fourth-line role that he's, he wants Michael McCarron, well, he wanted Michael McCarron to play. So thank you very much for the tweet, uh, Giovanni. Uh, Steven, he writes, got to be on the wing with the captain and Plekanec. So Steven is ready to put him up there as a, a tops, in, in a top line for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Rohan Sudeo, from Brampton, Ontario, he writes that he's got to be in the power play. So, And that's something that is going to happen because we did see that in practice uh, this morning that Michael McCarron was on the first wave of the power play with uh, Max Pacioretty and Plekanec. And, well, we saw Michael McCarron in front of the net. So we know what his role will be. Uh, Peter G. at Peter Galanos, friend and a loyal supporter of the Habs 360 podcast, he writes, I'd play him on right wing with Pacioretty and Placanet. So he agrees with uh, Stephen as well. Nino, he writes, 
Plakanis and Max. So you want them on the top line as well. So so thank you very much for the tweets, uh, everybody. But he, at least to start off the game, McCarron will begin in line with uh, Lars Zeller and Paul Byron. Our poll question of the week on our Twitter account, at Habs360, the question was simple. Who do the Habs miss the most right now? Brendan Gallagher or Carey Price? And as we speak right now, the voting is lopsided in favor of Carey Price with 68% of the voters and 32% think Brendan Gallagher. So Carey Price, he's definitely a big loss for the Montreal Canadiens and his injury. But you, it's also... it's. I understand the people that voted Brendan Gallagher. I've had a hard hard time with that question as well. And, well, I actually voted for Brendan Gallagher on that own question. And I think the reason what made it clear for me was actually this morning when Michael McCarron was called up and was placed in front of the net to make sure that the organization, the coaching staff, has addressed that that's what the need is right now for the Canadians, somebody in front of the net. And Brendan Gallagher, at that role, was one of the best, if not the best, in the league to be a pest with the goaltenders. And I'm sure that's the message that uh, Michael McCarron got from the coaching staff. And even if we remember the game against the Red Wings last week, we saw Daniel Carr in uh, in that role. On Twitter, when it comes to that poll question, Andre from uh, Rockland, Ontario, he says, you need a third option for better coaching. So there you go. Uh, David, David Marshall, he writes, uh, they're not scoring goals. Is Price going to score goals? So that's pretty obvious that David thinks it's uh, Brendan Gallagher. Our friend Tony from Toronto, we know he's a big uh, Michel Therrien fan. He says, ask the worst coach in the NHL. So he's not a... uh, So he thinks that uh, Michel Therrien has the answer to that. Some suggestions that we received via Twitter on how to help the Canadians score some more goals. The first one comes from uh, Paul in uh, Vancouver. He says, don't have Byron playing over Andrew Ghetto. And that's what's happening tonight. In fact, that's a good point. We didn't mention it, but Sven Andrew Ghetto will be a healthy scratch tonight. And, well, it seems like Paul isn't a fan of that move. And the last tweet comes from Shin Seikatsu, who writes, uh, you need players in front of the net. So that's the role that uh, Michael McCarron uh, will be playing tonight against the, the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, I want to just announce that starting tonight, for at least tonight's game, we'll have a brand new contest, courtesy of uh, Mary at uh, Fibless Fit now.com a personal trainer uh, and the the contest for tonight the winner will be asking a quiz a trivia question 90 minutes before tonight's puck drops so at 5 30 eastern 2 30 pacific time if you get the answer right you could win a 20 a free 20 minute online session a gym session with marie from fibulousfit.com so you go visit the website and we'll be tweeting out details later on this uh, this afternoon. So busy week for the Canadians. They're heading on the on the road trip, an eight-game road trip, but that is split in between by the Christmas break. And well, towards the end of, uh, of the trip will be the Winter Classic on New Year's Day against the uh, Boston Bruins. So that should be a great game to watch the Winter Classic, and as we mentioned earlier, it could be a game that has a lot of importance for both these teams because the way things are going right now, it seems like it will be a battle of first place in the Atlantic Division for uh, both those teams. Well, Rick isn't here, but if he was here, I'm going to wish him uh, happy holidays, and he, he, I'm certainly, he would have liked to do the, the same to our listeners and to our followers. And I want to wish you as well happy holidays. Next week will be a best of Habs 360 episode, so you'll see the best. You'll hear the best moments of um, the first half 
of our season. And we'll be back right after the holidays to talk some Montreal Canadiens. And well, it will be a big stretch. Eight games on the road. We'll know a lot better on the Montreal Canadiens, on their status in their division, in their conference, etc. But you know what? The Canadiens might be currently in a losing streak right now. But let as have fans, let's stay positive. Canadians, I think at worst case, they need to be at least 500 during this eight-game stretch and everything will be fine. But for certain, if they go six losses out of seven, that won't be looking good. Well, let's stick positive. There are some tough matchups coming up for the Canadians during the stretch, but uh, let's hope for uh, for the best. So my name is Chris G. I want to thank everybody who listened, everybody who sent us their tweets at Tab360. We'll be back again next Saturday, like I mentioned, for a best of episodes. Until then, enjoy the happy games. Enjoy your holidays. And you know what? Let's make it simple. Go Habs, go. See everybody. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.